Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. Today joining me is a friend that I have not talked to in a while, Miss Becky McNeely. Good morning, Becky. Good morning, Carmen. Ladies, if you're listening, I told Becky I started talking and catching up, and I told her, I said, pause, I got to start the recording, because sometimes that's the best part of the conversation. So, so, so Becky, you're going to get those questions now, friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies, one of the first things Becky just told me is, hey, Carmen, we have a quiet house because her husband just took two kids and to do the grocery shop, and she sent him with a list to Aldi's. But Becky, tell him, how old are those kids he just took to Aldi's with him? Jack is almost three. He'll be three at the end of next month, which I can't believe. And then Juniper, we call her June, um, she is going to be seven months next week. <laughs> I just told Becky he is going to be one popular man at all. These people are going to be admiring him and being encouraging him and patting him on the back. So he might do it again, Becky, because that, that's a real encouragement with a dad to take those kids. Women are going to be proud of him. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's a good dad. He's a good dad. <laughs> that's awesome. No doubt. No doubt. Becky, tell. Um, let's just kind of jump in here. Tell the ladies that are listening a little bit about Becky. Who, who is Becky McNeely? Who am I? Okay. Well, right now I'm a homemaker. So I was a fourth grade special education teacher for seven, eight years. And over the last few years, Brandon and I just felt very convicted about my need to be home. In reading Titus 2, seeing that women are to be working at home and being homemakers and raising and discipling children, it was just made really apparent to us, especially over the last few years, that that's what God had for me. And so this year, we took a little bit of a scary leap and... I resigned before Brandon had a job in place, which was nerve wracking. And I'm now at home full time with the kiddos and it's wonderful. I'm very thankful. That's great. That's great. And like you said, you have two, mm -hmm. Jack and Juniper. Yes. Now I know where the name Jack comes from after great grandfather, but where does Juniper come from? Juniper. So Brandon's grandmother, her name is June uh -huh. and we had a baby before Jack whose name is Haven Grace, um, a little girl. And we lost her when I was almost 11 weeks pregnant. And so when we found out that this was a little girl, we knew that we wanted her to have the same middle name as her big sister as a way to just remember her and honor her. And Brandon wanted to name her June after his grandma, but June Grace didn't quite flow. And so we thought, well, we could do Juniper and name her Juniper Grace, and that kind of had a better name yeah. to it. Um, and then we call her June, or Junebug, or <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of names that have come up now. <laughs> that is so neat. You just, I didn't know the story. That is so cool. I did not realize how you did that to, to honor Big Sis. That's so good. And you don't hear very many named Juniper. No. we. I knew one little girl named Juniper. She's one of my friend's little girls. But other than that, that's the only one that I know. So we thought it'd be it'd be nice for her to have a unique name, too. That is so cool. Well, you better get your own Etsy site or get a cricket because <laughs> you're not going to find that name on too much. You're going to have to make it or custom order it. <laughs> you are not the only person that's told me that, Carmen. <laughs> uh, you're a teacher, though. Do you have a cricket? I'm sure you do or have I access do. to one. So. I do. <laughs> that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, Becky, if it's okay... 
I want to talk a little bit about some of your story that's led. I love watching the joy. You know, I watch you from, you know, as you post things on Facebook and and just watching your your life unfold, at least what you throw me the crumbs on Facebook. You know, <laughs> it's been a while since we've talked. But when I first met you, when I first met you, um, definitely you stood out. We met at Super Summer. I had just kind of started. Um, I went to Super Summer to learn what it was all about. And and you're one of the young leaders that they put me close to, you know, just kind of follow the lead. And, and you are coming out of a season of life. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you to unpack part of that story, but I'm trying to remember because I've been here eight years. It may have been before 2015. Did you meet Brandon on a mission trip? I did. And I met him in 2015. So okay. I went on that mission trip. Was I, that to the beach? Yes. That was okay. to Camp right. Beach. Yep. Okay. Go um, ahead. Tell us the story. We like no. a Hallmark story. This Friday, girls, we're going to get a Hallmark story. Go for it. <laughs> So when I, let's see, I had been in a relationship on and off for a long time. It was but just on and off. And it was very clear over the course of that relationship that that was, it was not a good relationship. It was not, not what God had for me. And, but there was just that fear of, okay, but, but what if I end up alone? What if, because I wanted a family, I've always wanted to be a mom. I've always wanted to be married. And so there was that fear of, what if I let this go and end up by myself? And I think that was one of the fears that held me back. And the bigger fear was the fact that I wasn't a Christian at the time. I grew up in church. I held on to this false sense of um, self-righteousness, really. I thought, well, I'm a pretty good kid. You know, I haven't done anything too terrible. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that's where my faith was, was in me being a good kid until some hard things happened when I was in high school. And it really led me away from anything to do with Christianity. And I ended up in this relationship and I started seeking joy and hope and peace in other things in life, in relationships, in, um, in going to parties, in other, just other facets of life, in education. That was something that I sought joy in was, well, I really want to be a teacher, so I'm going to throw myself headlong into education. And and not that education is a bad thing, but anything of this world is going to fall short, right? Anything apart mm -hmm. from, from Christ, we're not going to have peace and hope and true joy in. So after throwing myself headlong into dead end after dead end, trying to find hope and peace and, and just lasting joy. Everything again, turned up empty. And my sister Hannah and some of my other sisters and my family members kept saying, Becky, you need to turn to Christ. You need to turn to Christ. And, and there were so many, so many things about my life at that time that were evident that I did not have a heart for Christ. I did not have a heart for God. I didn't want anything to do with his word. And then one of my friends on, it was actually one of my mom's friends on Facebook had been posting some of the scriptures that she was reading in the mornings. And I thought, oh, and all these things from my, from my upbringing started coming back to me. And I thought, well, I've tried all these other avenues to find joy and everything's falling short. Maybe I should give this a shot. But at the time, the guy that I was dating wanted nothing to do with Christianity. Um, that was not something that that he was interested in. And so I thought, well, I'm going to keep this real quiet. I would get up really early in the morning. I started in the book of John because that's what my friend had been posting about. And so I thought, well, it's a good place to start. And so I started reading through the book of John and I started talking to my sister Hannah about it. And she said, well, you really need to, you, you need to trust Christ. That's, 
bottom line. Um, that's what you need. And I thought, well, I, I already have, you know, I did that. I was baptized, you know, but I didn't understand the second Corinthians five new life concept mm -hmm. and how, when you trust Christ, you become a new creation. The old passes away and he brings the new in and he sanctifies you. It's not about your good works or you doing enough, but he justifies you before the father. And then in that relationship sanctifies you as you walk with him. So Hannah and I started having this conversation. She got me to go on this mission trip before I was a believer, which was crazy. And the events that led up to that were crazy too. I remember the week before she said, you need to go. And I said, nope, it's $250. I don't have that right now. I'm, I'm a first year teacher. I don't have $250 to just throw at a mission trip, you know? And so then it was a week before the trip, got a refund check from SIU for almost $300. And I called Hannah and I was so mad at her. And I said, I think you're conspiring against me with God. And she's like, I am actually. And this is your, this is God saying you need to go on this trip. So I very begrudgingly went. This trip started on Saturday. We left Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon, Hannah and I were sitting on the beach and I just broke and I fell apart. And I thought, you know, I've done all of these things wrong. I'm not good enough. I need to get my act together before I come to God because I'm just I'm so wayward. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm not good enough for God. And she walked me through several scriptures and just told me, you know, that's not it. It's not about us being good enough for God. It's about God, God pursuing us. Our justification comes from the cross and it, and it has nothing to do with our good works. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We're all dead in our trespasses and sins apart from Christ. And as I kind of let those verses sink in, I realized, you know, I am not going to find joy in all of these empty places. If I have Christ and I have nothing else, if that means letting go of this relationship, if that means letting go of this lifestyle I've been leading, if that means letting go of everything that I've placed my hope in, okay. God brought me to this point of saying, all I have is Christ and that's enough. So Monday morning, I gave my life to Christ and it was just me and him. And I had my Bible open on the beach and I was just pouring over the scriptures Hannah shared with me. And I thought, this is the only place I'm going to find what I'm looking for. This is it. This is the only hope that we have in this world. And so I said, all right, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. Do with me what you want. And so then I, I remember Monday evening, I went and I told my mom, my mom was the cook for that trip. And my dad was the leader for the trip or one of the leaders for the trip. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I said, all right, I, when I get home, I need to, I need to stop having this relationship. Um, and that may mean that I'm single the rest of my life. And if that's the case, so be it. But I can't, I can't do this um, anymore. And I need, my life needs to change. And that was Monday evening about, uh, I want to say like 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Well, we were getting ready to go out onto the streets to do evangelism mm -hmm. <laughs> outside of the bars in Panama City Beach. And so then my mom and I's conversation took so long that by the time I got back into the room, there was another group from Missouri that had joined with my dad's group. And by the time I got back into that room, there was one group left that I could be in. And it was with a girl named Jordan and this tall redhead named Brandon. And 
I remember when we were on one of the street corners, he was sharing his testimony and he was praying for these people. And I remember standing there thinking, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to have a family. I don't know if I'm going to have a marriage, but if I'm going to get married, please give me a man that prays like this. Please give me a man that speaks like this to other people with love and compassion and gentleness, but also with just this intense conviction that the gospel is true and it is totally worth it. And little did I know <laughs> that he also, because I had just trusted Christ that morning and I got to talk with some people. So I didn't know that at the same time he was standing there going, you know, this girl's pretty cool. Um, and we didn't really talk a whole bunch on that trip. Um, we didn't spend a, a ton of time together. We were in a group of about 35, 40 people. And then um, our group kept getting together. We, we would have these times where we'd get the groups from Missouri and Illinois together and hang out. And then in July, he came down, drove through the middle of the night with roses in his lap. Uh, he got pulled over. That was a, a fun story. <laughs> he drove through the night and um, showed up on my doorstep at 6 a.m. because he knew I was leaving for a trip the next day. He'd already talked to my dad and Hannah and kind of knew. He's like, okay, she's leaving at 7. I got to get there before that. So unbeknownst to me, showed up on the doorstep at 6 a.m. and walked me through different scriptures. And I remember sitting there going, this guy's not going to want me. I'm, I'm too messed up. I have too much in my past. I've messed up too much. There's no way that a good, godly Christian man like this is going to want anything to do with me. And as he walked me through those scriptures, just this incredible peace came over me. And he said, I don't care about your past, but I would like to be a part of your future. Mm -hmm. And so we started dating July 11th and then November 25th, he proposed and February 20, I was either 25th or 26th. I still had a hard time coming to terms with the fact that God had given me a man this good. And mm -hmm. I was in tears. I remember sitting at my parents' house and I was in tears and I said, I'm so sorry, but I, I can't marry you. And he just looked at me going, what do you mean? And I said, I, I can't marry you. I'm, I'm not good enough. You don't understand all of this stuff. And he, and again, he reminded me, that's not what's important to me. That's part of your story before Christ. And you're walking with him now. I don't care about your past, but I want to be a part of your future. And so, and then I remember as I walked down the aisle, he leaned over and whispered to me, as soon as I got down, out, down to the aisle and, and my dad gave me away and um, he leaned in and he goes, you're perfect. Mm. And it was just this, this sense mm. of what a cool picture of the gospel that God mm. gave us in that moment of he it's, it's Christ's work that justifies us. Right. But as his bride, he loves us. It was just this, this cool picture of how we're made perfect in Christ. And when he looks at us, he doesn't see our past and our sins. He sees his righteousness on us. Sorry, I think that might have been a little more than you had. No, I love it. Ladies, I told you we were going to get a Hallmark story today. I love that, Becky. Yeah, that is so That is so neat. That is so neat. Well, let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit because I've watched then. How long have you been married, Becky? Five and a half years. Yep. Okay. All right. So I've sort of watched this five and a half years unfold. And and ladies, that was one wedding I was waiting for the pictures to post so I could follow. It was just, <laughs> it was just fun. It was just fun. So I've watched this five and a half years unfold. And obviously you've already alluded to the fact that you, you know, you were just so 
ecstatic about a pregnancy that um, that ended in your precious daughter going to be with Jesus sooner than you got to meet her here on the earth. And I know that was hard. That was hard. But I also watched you two lean in as a couple and walk that and 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 share that, you know, share your scar with other people that, you know, that as they as they've hurt. Like I said, I love how you tell a little bit of the story, how the name, you know, was tied into Juniper. I didn't realize that. And I know that I've watched you guys plant churches, you know, work with collegiates. I know God gave you a heart for team student girls. Um, tell us a little bit about that now as far as your marriage. Okay, you got married. Now, what's your journey been like, you know, as far as you and Brandon since then? Um, it's been crazy. <laughs> There's been a good crazy. There, It's just been cool to see how God walks faithfully with us. We were married in February. We felt like we wanted children, felt like that was what God commanded, right? He says, be given in marriage and be fruitful and multiply. So we thought we, we want to have children and we both wanted it. We both want a big family. And we got pregnant with Haven and everything seemed like Everything was going fine and we were just over the moon. And then one day her heart stopped beating. And it's one of those things where it's almost like an out-of-body experience when when the ultrasound tech told us that she couldn't find a heartbeat. There was just this, it's like all the blood leaves your body kind of moment. And you immediately start questioning why. Well, well, what happened? Well, why would God allow this to happen? You know, if if we're Christians and why does he allow suffering in our life? And and the truth that we've come to learn through that is that suffering is a part of being a Christian. Amen. Being a Christian doesn't mean that our lives are free from suffering. It means that we have hope within that suffering. And so that was a really, and, and it's still a hard experience. It When you lose a child, there's never a point where you stop grieving. There are parts where you rejoice in that life, right? We're, we're thankful for Haven. And I think when you're walking through something like that, Brandon and I have realized you can't, you can't get yourself caught up in the whys. You have to trust God for who he is. As odd as this sounds, you have to learn to be content. And honestly, Carmen, that's one lesson that I feel like God has been hammering home for Brandon and I over and over. And even now we're in a difficult season right now. And God is teaching us even deeper what it means to be content, what it means to truly rejoice in who he is, truly rejoice in what Jesus has done for us and lean on him for his grace and his strength. There's a book that I'm reading with some of the ladies at our church right now called Virtuous by Nancy Wilson. And in it, I'm going to read a little quote that was comforting to me um, to read through. It says, remember that all things truly do work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. God ordains all things that come to pass. So being able to rest on his in his sovereignty and know, okay, yes, we lost our baby girl, but God ordained that. It didn't surprise him. It didn't throw him off of his throne. It didn't shake him. It shook us. And it shook our faith, but it didn't shake God. He knew that that was coming. And then she goes on to say, ask yourself, what are my duties in this situation? Your mindset should be on how to glorify him and turn a profit on this difficulty. What can I learn from this? How can I be a good steward of this difficulty? How can I please God in it? This helps us to see the difficulty, not as something God is doing to us, but rather as what he is doing for us. I thought, okay, that's a 
again, it's it's just one of those mindset shifts that take us from wallowing to walking in joy during suffering, right? I can trust him with that and say, Lord, this doesn't make sense. Lord, I don't get it. But knowing your scripture, reading scripture and knowing and knowing who he is, is so comforting because we can rest on that when our situations don't make sense, when we're heartbroken, when we're just struggling in a season of struggle, mm-hmm. we can say, okay, God, help me be content in this. Help me rest in you. Help me trust in you, knowing that you're going to provide for us. Becky, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. I'm just sitting here grinning. I am just so proud of you. The woman that you are, the woman that you're becoming, girl, you speak with wisdom beyond your years. It's just, can I just say I'm encouraged. I know the ladies are encouraged and I'm just proud of you. Just proud of you. Well, thanks. If uh, Carmen, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. When you said that, I thought, well, that is clear evidence that it is not me that does my own sanctification. Um, mm-hmm. That's the work of the Lord, because had you known me six, seven, eight years ago, <laughs> I was not, I had no wisdom. <laughs> um, I had no, I, and any, anything that comes out of my mouth that's good is from the Lord. It's not from my own doing or my own thoughts. It's, it's just him. So that is so good. That is so good. Ladies, if you're listening, here's the commercial I give every week, right? Um, we are just ordinary women with this extraordinary God that we show up and we, 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 we want to be in Him and know Him. And just He's the one that does things through our life. But He's not interested in what He's doing through our lives as much as what He's doing in our lives, how we're spending time with Him as we're listening to Becky talk. So if you're not connected to the community, connect with us. It's not You're not meant to do this alone, right? We journey together. So you can follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women, follow us on Instagram at, at Illinois Baptist Women, or check out our resources that are available on our website at ibsa.org backslash women. Becky, I'm, I, we're winding down. I could just continue to talk, but I love the quote that you read from that book that said, how are we going to turn a profit on the difficulty? That is such a fresh way to say, um, you know, how are we going to leverage this? How are we going to leverage this? God, how are you going to use this for my good and your glory, God? But just that paradigm shift to say, how am I going to turn a profit on this? Okay, God, I know you're in this. That is, that is just really good. And again, I love watching your sweet family and what God's doing through you. And girl, you're demonstrating contentment well. Hear me say that. It's you demonstrate it well. So thank you for role modeling that too. Well, thank you, Carmen. It, again, it's just the Lord. Glory be to him. Mm. Well, we're going to wind down because we're out of time. But if you if you could say something just to encourage the women listening today, what would it be? Oh, goodness. I would just say, be constant in prayer, be faithful in reading your Bible in good times and bad times. That has to be our daily rhythm as a believer. We, we have to hide his word away in our heart. If we're going to know who he is, if we're going to be able to press into him when times get hard, we have to read his word. And I think often we neglect it. We think, oh, well, I don't have time today. I, I have too many other things going on. But really, we don't have time not to. That should be the centerpiece of our day. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be, well, when can I fit in my Bible reading? When can I fit in time with the Lord? It should be, well, once I have my time with the Lord, once I have my Bible reading, then I can fit in these other things. And as a mom, I know that that's hard because I have two littles. I have mm-hmm. two very active littles. 
and include them with you. Read the Bible. If you're a mom in a busy season or just a little season when there's a lot of energy, include them in that with you. Make that make that a priority in your home and in your heart. That's really good, Becky. Thank you. Friend, thanks for sharing your time. Tell Brandon, thank sure. you for sharing time with your time with us by taking them littles to Aldi for you. <laughs> I will. I will. This is good. This is good. Well, we appreciate you. Ladies, again, if you're not connected, get connected. If you find that you're not in that quiet time with God, you know, maybe you don't know where to start, please, please consider reaching out to me and give me an opportunity to have that discussion with you. And I just want you to enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. And I'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org women.